0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. This is the continuation of my Metropolitan Division positional rankings. Last week, we talked about the centers, and of course, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin still ranked among the best of the Metropolitan Division center cores. But Today, we're going to talk some left wing, Uh, maybe the most stacked position in the Metropolitan Division, potentially the most stacked position in the National Hockey League. Everybody thinks about you know, your Sidney Crosby's, everybody thinks about your Mika Zibanejad's, your Jack Hughes, but when you look at the left wing position in the Metropolitan Division, there are a lot of really high quality players. So let's run down through the rankings and then we'll get a little bit more into the Penguins' top two left wingers, Jake Gensel and Riley Smith. Number eight, I have the Philadelphia Flyers, Joel Farabee, Scott Lawton, Cam Atkinson, Nick DeLaurier. When it comes to the Flyers' positional core, that's not bad comparatively to the rest of their lineup. The rest of their lineup is young, unproven, or old, and very much proven to not be a great thing. Faraby, Lawton, Atkinson, Delorier, not horrible, but like I mentioned, this is a stacked division at this position, so the Flyers continue to be at 8th place. Number 7, I actually have the New York Islanders. I'm not exactly sure what Oliver Wallstrom is... And according to Daily Faceoff, he's their number one left wing. So I have them at number seven with Wallstrom, Anders Lee, Pierre Engvall, and Matt Martin. It's an interesting team, the New York Islanders. At number six, Johnny Gaudreau. Kent Johnson, I almost said Cam Johnson. Kent Johnson, Emil Bemstrom, and Mark Robinson. Columbus Blue Jackets at number six. And honestly, this is where it gets kind of crazy because Johnny Gaudreau, albeit still underrated... One of the better players in the National Hockey League. It was massive news when he went to Columbus for that very reason. I still have them ranked at number 6. Number 5, this is where I slotted in the Pittsburgh Penguins in this one. A little bit lower than the last time we did this with the center rankings. Of course, I put the Penguins at number 3. They're coming at number 5 with Jake Gensel, newcomer Riley Smith. As of right now, Mikhail Granlund is slotted in there on daily Faceoffs lineup. And then Drew O'Connor is slotted in as the fourth line left wing, despite not being under contract at the moment. So I have them at number five. We'll talk about the Penguins a little bit more here in a minute once I unveil the rest of these rankings. But I think that they really do fall in a little bit of a a kind of a, a tiered group there with Columbus behind them that I gave them a little bit more of an advantage against. And with the Carolina Hurricanes, who I have at number four right above them, I think that you could probably switch around Carolina, Columbus, and Pittsburgh, and any different amalgamation. And I'd probably look at you and say, okay, that makes sense to an extent. But the way I have it is Columbus at six, Pittsburgh at five, and Carolina at number four. The reason I have the Canes above the Pittsburgh Penguins, Tabo Taravainen is somebody that, you know, I can't get a great read on. I obviously am aware that he's a very good player, but do I want to put him above Jake Gensel? Probably not. But here's the thing. The bigger comparison between the two teams is Andrei Svechnikov at second line left wing. Would I take Svechnikov over Riley Smith? In a heartbeat. Would I take Svechnikov over Jake Gensel? That's when it gets interesting. And then you can have the same discussion about Tavo Taravainen versus Riley Smith. But then when I look at it, this is a a four-player, sorry, just saw that the Hurricanes announced an extension for Sebastian Aho. as I'm talking about the Hurricanes. Always fun when that happens. But this is a full left-wing rankings. I would take Michael Bunting over Mikhail Grandlin every day. And at the moment, I like Drew O'Connor. We talked about him on Monday's episode of Penguins to Go. I would take Jordan Martinook over Drew O'Connor simply because you know what you're getting out of Jordan Martinuk heading into the season. Drew O'Connor, he's still progressing. He's still trying to become what he's going to be at the National Hockey League throughout the entirety of his career. So at the moment, I would take the Canes over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Getting into the top three, I have the Caps at number three. Obviously, they have the best left wing in the division still in Alexander Ovechkin. But one name that I completely forgot that went to the Capitals this summer, this is one of those, you start the season, you play the Capitals, and you say, oh, that's right, that guy's on this team now, is Max ready? That's a big question mark. Is he going to be able to be healthy? And if he is, people forget how good Max ready can be, right? He was coming into his zone in Vegas, then he hit the injury issues, then he hit the injury problems, and then, similar to Riley Smith, they got into a cap crunch, send him to Carolina, comes back for Carolina, and then is injured once again. So, if he's able to stay healthy, that makes it interesting on the left side for the Washington Capitals. I loved their addition of Sonny Milano last year. They still have him as their third-line left wing, and then Alexey Protoss. Similar to Drew O'Connor, somebody still trying to find their way at the NHL level, but as a fourth line left wing, more than serviceable. The Devils I have at number two. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me Timo Meyer. He is number one on the left wing side. Again, one of the top three left wings in the division. Then they have Jesper Bratt, who is underrated around the league. At number two, they have Andre Palat, some veteran leadership from the Tampa Bay Lightning Championship teams, on their third line. I love that. And Curtis Lazar, somebody that you know who he's going to be. He's going to come and do his job and, and go home. So I like that trio, that quartet there, and I have them at number two. And at number one, the New York Rangers. Besides having, obviously... Adam Fox on the back end, obviously, as we'll get to in a couple of episodes during this series here. They have probably the best goaltender. I haven't done those rankings, but I'm going to assume that I'm going to end up putting Igor Shastarkin at number one. Apart from them, the left wing is really the strength of this team, right? Chris Kreider had a 50-goal season two seasons ago. Artemi Panarin. One of the best players in the National Hockey League when he's on his game. Alexi Lafreniere, still a player with a lot of promise. Although, again, similar to Drew O'Connor, remains unsigned at the moment. Hasn't really came into his own. Hasn't met the expectations that were thrust upon him coming out of juniors. But he's still there as their third-line center. And then they have Barkley Goodrow, who is, in my opinion, the best fourth-line center in the division. Good, solid four names for the left-wing side of the New York Rangers. So the way that goes is Flyers at 8, Islanders at 7, Blue Jackets at 6, Penguins at 5, Canes at 4, Caps at 3, Devils at 2, Rangers at number 1. Those are my left-wing rankings for the Metropolitan Division. Before we go, I want to talk a little bit about the top two left-wings for the Pittsburgh Penguins because we've talked ad nauseum about Mikhail Granlund and, of course, in about, What 10 days, 11 days, we'll find out his fate, whether or not he's traded, whether or not he's bought out, whenever the Drew O'Connor deal eventually gets signed. So we don't talk about him much, and I mentioned Drew O'Connor, we talked about him on Monday. So if you want to hear me discuss Drew O'Connor and what I believe he is pivotal to the Penguins because of, that's when you go back and check out Monday's episode. But let's talk about the two leaders in the clubhouse when it comes to left wing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. First and foremost, Jake Gensel is heading into a contract here. Never underestimate how much that can change a player. And it could go one of two ways. It can make a player that much better as they're trying to prove their worth. They're trying to prove why they deserve so much more money. And earn that money with every single play. Every single goal that they have. That's one way to go. The other way is what we saw from Tristan Jari. Now, of course, injuries derailed it. That's not what I'm saying. But. The other way is you play a little bit more tight. You don't make the plays that you normally make. You start overthinking things. Which way will Jake Gensel go? Considering what we've seen from Gensel throughout the majority of his career, he's usually a pretty heady guy, right? Like his head is firmly placed on his shoulders. He's learned a lot from Sidney Crosby in that respect. In his seven years in the NHL at this point, I would imagine he just buries his head down, does what he can, And goes out there and puts another steady season up, because that's all he's done since entering the NHL. He's coming off of what some people consider a, air quote, down season, which I never understood. Yes, when you were watching the games, was he as prevalent as he has been in the past? No, but still in 78 games played, so he stayed pretty much healthy throughout the entirety of the season. He scored 73 points, 36 goals. You can't have a down season and still almost come up as a forty-goal scorer. He led the Pittsburgh Penguins in goal scoring, and he was, at points, that very hot, very streaky goal scorer that the Pittsburgh Penguins have seen. Now, there there were instances where he went very cold. There was one particular instance where he went from, I believe it was late November. I, I haven't. I talked about this several times on the show. I believe it was late November to early January where he had scored only on the power play and it was only twice. He had only scored on an actual goaltender at 5-on-5 five five one time during that stretch. It was over 20 games. So you need to avoid that heading into the season, but I would probably rank Gensel himself if I was doing individual left wing rankings as the 4th or 5th best left wing in the division. The only people that I would say are undoubtedly higher than him on that list Alex Ovechkin, Artemi Panarin, and Timo Meyer, Probably. Probably Timo Meyer at this stage of his career. I'd put Jake Gensel right there with Andrei Svechnikov. Right there. Not even right there. Much higher than than a Max Pacioretty. Unquestioned higher than Max Pacioretty. But I'd put him right there with Johnny Gaudreau as well. So the Penguins need him to continue to be that steady scoring force next season. Because coming into the year... You're not expecting the bottom six that was built to be able to really add that much more than they did last season. Jake Gensel had 36 goals last season. The Penguins need him to just hit the ground running at the beginning of this year and have a great, great contract year. If they have to end up paying him a lot of money, you have to end up paying him a lot of money. But at the time being, he is their best winger in general. Left wing, right side, he's their best winger and he's going to have to show it this season. Let's talk a little bit about Riley Smith before heading out for this episode. Plays an important role for the Penguins next season. The importance of Jason Zucker to last season's Pittsburgh Penguins team, I don't think is talked about nearly enough. Ricard Raquel was great on the right side. He was, but there was only one of him, right? Brian Rust, for the most part, had a down year. He actually had a down year. Still ended up with 20 goals, which was impressive in its own right. But for the majority of the season, Brian Russ just was not the same. His shooting numbers were down. His shooting percentage was down. And you could just tell he was not as impactful as he had been in the past. For that to happen, and Jason Zucker to, one, stay healthy for the first time in Pittsburgh for a full season, and two be the guy that he was, the steady force on that line, the player that Evgeny Malkin could count on to have a good game, to have that energy night in and night out. It was very important. Jason Zucker's gone. And while I fully expect Brian Rust on the other side to bounce back this season, and I think Riley Smith plays an important factor in that, mainly because of the amount of penalty kill time that he's going to eat for, for Brian Russ to stay on the 5-on-5 five five and focus on the offensive side of the puck and not on the penalty kill, it's going to be important for Riley Smith to come in and have a good season. But here's the thing. The Penguins aren't going to ask Riley Smith to do anything that he hasn't already done. He's a 5-time 20-goal scorer. Not to mention that he had a 20 goal pace in the two COVID shortened seasons. So he could, in theory, be a seven time 20 goal scorer in the National Hockey League. He is a defending Stanley Cup champion. I guess he won't be defending it, but he is a Stanley Cup champion with last year's Vegas Golden Knights. He won't be defending because he's not longer on the Golden Knights. And he's somebody that plays in all situations. He's defensively responsible. We mentioned he'll play the penalty kill, he has that offensive upside. And he can win and score off the rush. They're not asking him to do anything other than that. Now, how is it going to work alongside Evgeny Malkin? That we don't know. We're not going to know that at all until we see those two on the ice together at UPMC Lemieux Complex in late September. But both of these forwards, Riley Smith and Jake Gensel, are going to play important roles for the Pittsburgh Penguins next season. They're going to serve... As the reliable partner for each of the Penn's top two centers. You saw it last year. Rust Raquel always switched off. Alex Nylander got up into that role. What was the steady force? Jake Ensel and Jason Zucker. Riley Smith is here now instead of Jason Zucker, but they're still going to need the same thing from those two. They need them to be reliable. They need them to be on their game night in and night out to support the main two centers. Because last year... It was a little volatile on the right side. Not that Raquel was bad, but you never knew where Raquel was going to line up, which line he was going to be on. Rust struggled. Alex Nylander filled that hole, sort of, for a couple games. So the Penguins need a lot from Jake Ensel and Riley Smith. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins To Go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins. Make sure you subscribe, like, share the page with everybody. And then you could also listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts from. We're closing in on 100 reviews on Spotify, something I noticed the other day. Might have to do a giveaway. Might just have to do a giveaway. Probably closer to the season, but if you get us to 100, that's when we're going to start seriously looking at, okay, what what do we have right now? What do we have that we can give away? And uh, we'll probably do that around the beginning of the season because we ni- like to usually do one or two uh, to kick off the Pittsburgh Penguins season. But that's it for this one.